You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. While we will not be together for the next week, uh, we, we're going to try to do a podcast at some point after the draft, uh, but we will also have a couple other podcasts coming out next week, so make sure you guys are on the lookout for those. Uh, coming up on today's show... Uh, with this being our last show, we kind of have our best case and worst case scenarios. We kind of preview uh, the first round of the draft, what could happen for the Cowboys. Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of different names and a bunch of different situations. So let's jump right into it. Um, pre-show, Landon and I came up with uh, a handful of our best case scenarios uh, for the 2018 draft in the first round. Um, and let's go ahead and dive right into that one. Our, our best case scenario... Um, and we call this one our outrageous fortune. Uh, but this would be if an elite player happens to slip and fall down the board. Uh, some of the names that we mentioned were Harold, Harold Landry, uh, maybe Minka Fitzpatrick, Derwin James. Landon, why do you think this is the best case scenario for the Cowboys? Well, obviously, it's just it's good fortune. I mean, I, a, a situation where they don't have to make any effort, and but they get a player that is rated way way above where they're uh, they're sitting. Um, you know, uh, especially a, a guy that would maybe fit a play a position of need or a posi- uh, you know potential position of need in the future, like defensive end that would allow them some breathing room if they wanted to play a little bit of hardball with De- Demarcus Lawrence or maybe replace him. You know, they could get a Harold Landry out of that situation. That'd be pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, getting a guy like Derwin James or someone ridiculous like that who fell to you at at nineteen, uh, I think it would be. You know, just incredible value that's undeserved and unpaid for. And so I think that's that's what outrageous fortune basically is. And it's not impossible for this to happen. Every year we see a couple guys fall further than they should. Um, the guys that I'm kind of looking out for that I think I don't expect them to fall uh, that far, but maybe guys that could slip. Um, and it's Derwin James kind of hearing some reports that he may slip outside the top eight or nine picks. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, we mentioned Harold Landry um, and maybe Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker from Virginia Tech. It's really those four guys. Uh, if one of those guys falls to 19, I think you have to pull the trigger no matter what. Um, so just be on the lookout to see which guys are falling down the board. Um, I, here's an interesting thing. If a quarterback falls all the way down to 19, is that a fortune for the Cowboys because they even might be able to trade that pick? Is that something that we, we may be rooting for at the draft? Man, that's a great segue because our number two <laughs> thing on the list yeah. is the option to trade back. And I think that, yeah, I think so by proxy that a quarterback falling down to 19 probably would facilitate such a trade um, that would allow them to get a little bit further back and pick up, you know, what did we just, what did we talk? We talked about trading into the twenties, right? Yeah. And almost anywhere in the twenties. And it just kind of depends on your value. If, if you're looking at the trade value chart, if you drop down to about 22, 23, that's really the first range where you're going to pick up a third round pick. Um, and if you drop down to 27, 28, 29, that's where you're going to pick up a second-round pick. So uh, and we always know with these quarterback situations, too, if somebody's coming up for a quarterback, typically they have to pay a little bit more. It's just the kind of the way the NFL is going. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm good with moving back to either of those spots. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, you know overall, just to take a kind of 10,000-foot view on this, I, I just feel like there are a whole – the way this draft is going to fall or should fall with, with the way the prospects are lined up, I just – I think you're, the Cowboys are going to get – 
a lot of good options, hopefully. And I think it's just, it just looks like it lines up a lot better than it has, like, let's say last year, where you kind of were hoping to run the gambit of guys to, in order to get the pass rusher you wanted, and then they ended up not taking the pass rusher we wanted. But, uh, you know, I think here you're going to, you know, the idea is that you've kind of played out these scenarios and there are just several different you know, guys that seem to be available around where you are picking. So the idea is that if they can find a way to trade back and pick up an extra top 100 pick, it's, you know, you're going to get the benefit of still probably getting a great, uh, a similarly talented player at whatever pick you end up on, but also Mm -hmm. adding another potential starter, uh, you know, or not even just that, but maybe a potential, you know, high level starter. If you're talking about a, a second round pick if you go far, far enough back. So I, I think that with this, with where we are right now, you know, if you look at you, you're, you want to try to get a wide receiver, linebacker, offensive lineman, and then maybe another defensive lineman, whether that be a tackle or an outside guy, I, I think you suddenly are looking down and you have now one, two, three, four picks inside the, the top 100. So I think that would provide you uh, the opportunity to get that level of player at each one of those positions, no matter what order you went in. So one of the things that I've been doing recently is really studying these team needs. And the one that Dallas fans really need to pay attention to is Detroit. Um, sitting right behind them at 20, what are Detroit's biggest needs? Um, and you, if you read any of their bloggers or writers, it's pretty unanimous that their two biggest needs are pass rusher and cornerback. The good thing for Dallas is that that's two of the positions that teams will usually trade up for. Um, so if a guy like Marcus Davenport is there at number at 19, or a cornerback like Jair Alexander or Josh Jackson, those might be the type of players that intrigue or entice teams to come up to 19. So they could be sitting in a good spot. Um, and again, quarterback is not bad because you have New England and Buffalo uh, both sitting right directly behind you. So just keep an eye on those positions in case the Cowboys do want to move back. Um, and our last best case scenario is just sitting at number 19 and picking uh, a solid player. Who are some of the players that you think would be the best case scenario uh, that are realistic options for the Cowboys at pick 19? Uh, you know, when you we we've all gone through these scenarios and done all these mock drafts over and over again. You know, I I feel like when you talk about the best case of the player that you can take at 19 without, you know, uh, that's realistic. I mean, again, uh, outrageous fortune aside, you know, I think my, my, my names keep falling in the James Daniels. Um, you know, I like Calvin Ridley. You would say DJ Moore. I think I would be okay with either one of those guys. Um, and then, uh, you know, McGlinchey, I think, you know, him, I, I like McGlinchey. It's tough. To, McGlinchey's the one guy where I, I just don't really know his, his stock is all over the place. It's really tough to kind of tell mm-hmm. what, what, what McGlinchey's going to, where McGlinchey's going to end up going, because it, it feels like I've seen everything from he's a top 10 pick to he may tumble all the way back to the bottom of the first round. So, that doesn't make any sense to me because it doesn't this tackle class no. is so weak. Uh, well, I think it's because just a dude. I honestly, I send, I tend to land on the top ten or top fifteen talk because I, I think really the people that 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 are against McGlinchey or don't view him as a top of the first half, uh, for, you know, player, uh, first round player uh, is 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 you know the, the people that haven't studied him enough to know that he is the only, you know 
solid, a plus starter walk-in offensive tackle in this draft. You know, like the guy is. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I would. You know, he's a he played left tackle. I would prefer him at right tackle. But I think he, the guy can come in and start for a ton of different teams at left tackle and not be, uh, a, 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 you know, the, a, a weakness at all. You know, I think he's bet a lot better than some of the guys you see are that are put out there that were drafted in the top. T- I mean, for God's sakes, Eric Flowers was taken into the top ten, and you know, and, and the the issue is not that Eric Flowers. That it, the issue is that they t- took Eric Flowers. Not that they shouldn't take an off a starting offensive tackle at, at in the top ten. So I, I think people shy away because of Bus in the top ten, and it, it's instead of shying away from the position, shy away from bad players, guys. Like uh, you know, so I, I think McGlinchey, if you if you watch, you know, put on the tape, like the guy can play, uh, and I think he's played at a high level for a long time, uh, and 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 I think he can, you know, has the the willing to, willingness to get better, and I think the, those all make him worthy of a top you know first half of the first round pick and and even more so if he lands at 19 i again as i said before i think the cowboys should snatch him right up because he's really the only player that makes me think okay we should move Lael collins back to guard and and then if you get that you got those five let's roll man like that is a starting five offensive line that's that's gonna hurt some people yeah, the people that have McGlinchey falling to the bottom of the first round don't understand, first of all, offensive line play in the NFL and how bad it is right now. Um, and they don't understand the offensive line market. When a guy like Nate Solder, uh, who I think is a slightly above average left tackle, is getting $15 million a year, uh, it's very beneficial to take a tackle in the first round knowing that you're going to get them for five fairly cheap years. This, so, guy, this guy's better uh, than Soldier too. That's the other thing. Absolutely. Um, I, the guy that I kind of compare him to, and I think he similar prospects, I think he's similar to Jake Conklin, or uh, yeah, Conklin, who went to the Titans uh, a few years ago, where he kind of played a little bit of left tackle, slid to right tackle in the NFL. Um, reminds me a little bit of the other tackle that they have too, and Taylor Luan, uh, another guy that was a top 20 pick. So um, I'm fine with McGlinchey anywhere in the top 20 picks. I just have my doubts with teams like Seattle um, and the Chargers sitting ahead of him that he's actually going to fall. Um, DJ Moore, love him. We've talked about him on the podcast a bunch. Uh, James Daniels is your blankie, correct, Landon? Yeah, I mean, again, like he's just the guy that I, th- I feel like if – the worst comes to worst, he should be there, and and uh, he, he it's not he's not worse. Like he's he's a great player to plug in, and I just feel like he's what makes me feel. Yes, he's my blankie in the sense that I feel like if everything goes wrong, I can still pick James Daniel and walk away happy. Okay, we're gonna move on to our worst case scenarios, but really quickly, just a couple guys that I feel very neutral on. Um, Vita Vea, the defensive tackle from Washington, I like his skill set. Um, but taking a one technique in the first round is always a little bit eh to me. Uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, I can see where he fits. Um, I still think that's the most likely pick. Um, any any of those other guys that you just kind of think are just meh kind of picks Vea, at nineteen? Vea is not meh to me at all. But but I and I would be happy with them taking him. But my concern with him is more now: how are we going to get what we need? Out of the rest of these early picks, like we we're gonna need to yes. now. I feel like if you pick Vea, you're gonna need to hit on a third. I'm sorry, on a fourth or fifth round pick, and find a, one, a guy in those middle rounds or middle to later rounds that's gonna need to be able to give you some snaps at one of those positions I mentioned earlier, whether wide receiver, linebacker, or offensive line. Um, 
So I think, which I don't think is impossible. No, no, no. It's I, not. I think you no, can it's find not. receivers in but, the fourth but, round. But that's why it, 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 it's it, going to make it tough. It, 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 I kind of would wait. It's that's why you wait until the end of the draft because I want to see the totality of what would happen. And if they ended sure. up nailing it, and the guy, you know, they get a guy, they they find that gambit. Then if, yeah, I, I'd love the player in a vacuum. The, the, the problem is that you're not taking him in a vacuum. You're taking him as as a series of part of a series of picks. So I, I you have to judge it as part of that series in order to judge the draft as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of feel that way with with both Vey and Deron Payne. It's, uh, if you take those guys in the first round, they're almost, you're almost forcing your hand in the second round. You can't almost have that luxury of taking the best player available because you have a massive need at left guard. You have a linebacker need. You need receivers. Um, you're basically just going to be picking uh, at the best position of, of need the rest of the draft. All right, let's get into our worst-case scenarios. Do we want to go with our absolute worst-case scenario first, or do we want to work our way up to the, our absolute worst-case scenario? Let's let's work up to it. So why, don't we, why don't we start with the third worst, or whichever one that we're starting with? <laughs> well, we've got five worst-case scenarios. Oh, God, okay. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough to reorder this. But uh, our, our the one I put down here is uh, Rashawn Evans. This is our fifth worst-case scenario. Um, I don't hate Evans. We talked about him yesterday on the podcast. I think he's a solid linebacker. Um, but the the odds are if you're taking Evans at 19, it likely means he is the fourth linebacker to be drafted um, because Van Der Esch, I'm sure, is higher on the Cowboys board. I, I just don't know how I feel about taking a linebacker, first of all, in the top 20 and taking the fourth best linebacker uh, altogether. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I don't hate it. I mean, again, like this, just to kind of r- r- the theme for me on this is that I don't really hate any of these options. I like I said, I, I they're okay. They just don't. I don't get excited for for Evans. I I think that uh, really in a lot of ways, um, you're you're kind of just getting. Uh, immediately. Now, I think that he they'll grow. Each of these guys will grow into a little bit more, but I think immediately. Whether you're talking about him or a, a Leighton Vander Esch, I think you're talking about getting basically Anthony Hitchens back, you know, for the first half of the of the season, which is like, okay, I mean, you know, it's nice to have him back, have that kind of level player at linebacker in the rotation back, but it's not, you know, if, when you're considering a first round pick, it's not exactly, you know, what I'm hoping for. I think that both, like, especially Leighton Vander Esch, like, as there's more upside there, and and that they can develop into much more than that and become you know, plus starters. And that's why you're taking them in the back end of the first round. But I think that, you know, for what, you know, for, for taking them in the first round, they're not like, you know, exciting players. They're just the appropriately valued players for where you're picking them. I think is what it is. All right. Our next guy that we have up on our list is Cortland Sutton. And that seems to be a very popular name with the Cowboys right now. Uh, why wouldn't you be excited about Cortland Sutton at 19? Well, I mean, the, the key thing here is that at 19, I, I, I don't have a problem with Cortland Sutton, just like I didn't have a problem with the previous guy. The issue is that I, I think I would love him more if as a trade-back option, right? Like a guy that you get after a trade-back at 25. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, otherwise he just – he's – the least he's got the lowest floor he's the least ready guy um of the of the of the like the, you know three kind of wide receiver guys that are are coming into the uh 
into the, the you know the first round area the, the either either the first round or the, the kind of top of the second area I, I he's the guy with the lowest kind of immediate floor i think it, I, I that's why i don't love it because i feel like with more ridley you know even i i don't love more as much as you do but i feel like at least with more he's a little bit further along a little bit ready to do more if you will in the nfl nice. right away um and I, and with 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 uh, with this guy, I think he's he he needs a little bit more polish in order to kind of continue to grow into the role that he's going to be asked to play. So I, I don't hate it. I just I pref- I would love the value a lot more if I had an additional third round pick or an additional second round pick after trading back. Yeah. So I actually went back and watched some 2016 Cortland Sutton today, and he has a lot of uh, similar traits as Demaryius Thomas coming out of Georgia Tech. Um, I actually think he may be a little bit more advanced in terms of route running uh, than what Thomas was. Um, but if you remember correctly about Thomas, that's a guy that Denver really didn't play at all for two years. Mm. Um, part of that was injury, but part of that was because he was really learning the scheme. Uh, it took Peyton Manning in his third year to really unleash his talents. Is that something Dallas is interested in, is drafting a receiver and then hoping three years from now he's going to start to get on page with Dak? Um, I, I don't think so. I, I think they would r- rather have a guy like Calvin Ridley. Um, I, I think they would rather wait uh, maybe until the second round to see who is there. Uh, I, I do think Sutton is a guy that if they get him you know, somewhere between 28 and 35, they're probably okay with that. Um, but at 19, I just I think there's better players on the board. Um, our, set, our third worst-case scenario is Taven Bryan, the defensive tackle from Florida. Uh, we've seen Taven Bryan's name mentioned a lot. Uh, he, we know that he is a very athletic player, a very gifted player. Um, a lot of people are kind of penciling him in the Dallas because they believe Rod Marinelli can unlock his skill set. Uh, what makes you not thrilled about Taven at pick 19? Well, I, I mean, uh, the, you know, an issue again with him being kind of more of an upside player. You're going to need to develop him a little bit. I think you're going to be able to get snaps out of him, obviously, right away as a pass rusher to on a certain degree with him developing further, hopefully, by this as the season goes on. But you know, the the other problem there is, as you mentioned, you have players there. You have uh, guys who you are paying to produce. I mean, specifically in David Irving, and and if not Malik Collins as well. Um, so I think that if you get him at 19, I, and and again with the idea that you're you're kind of throwing off your uh, ability to you know get the the other guys that I, you know, you feel like you kind of need a starter at left guard. You you feel like you probably want to add another wide receiver. You feel like you need another guy at linebacker. And that gets more difficult when you draft a defensive tackle. We talked about that previously. And then I, I think that's, you know, when you draft one of those guys up high, it's not that it's not a good thing and not that you shouldn't do it, but it just becomes even more difficult um, to, uh, you know, you, you're going to need to hit on a middle round player now. You're going to need to hit on a, mm-hmm. on a later round guy, which is fine, but you just need to be aware that that's the reality if you don't, you know, take the position you kind of, it's not that you're drafting for need because you just have you you but even though you do have needs you're you're, you're, you're you always can use pass rushers. Yes, and, and and so like guys like this is a value and like you know because if you can develop them then fantastic and they're hard to get and he is a athlete at the position that is warrants a pick that is you know late you know early second late first 
the issue here to me again is that he, it, 19 feels like a reach and you're also delaying what you know what you need and you're 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 using a resource you have one less resource to get the players uh, at the positions you where you need high caliber players all right and then our last player worst case scenario is Colton Miller the tackle from UCLA and you laid this one out really nicely to me in the pre the pre-show so I will let you handle this one again what is wrong with Colton Miller in the selection at 19? Because it seems like the opinion of him is all over the place. It seems like the NFL absolutely loves him. Draft Twitter thinks he's a third or fourth round pick. Analytics Twitter thinks he should be a first round pick based off his 20-yard shuttle. Tell me what you think about Colton Miller. Well, I mean, I think that the thing that scares me the most about the Cowboys drafting Colton Miller is ultimately what it would mean. It would mean... That no matter whether it's Colton Miller as a swing tackle or Colton Miller as the starter, either one of neither one of those is a good reason to move Lael Collins back to guard, and you're going to end up do, moving Lael Collins back to guard for for if you pick Colton Miller, because either Carton, you know, Fleming becomes your starter at right tackle or Colton Miller is your starter at right tackle. It doesn't really matter how it ends up because either way constitutes him moving back. So if you're taking Colton Miller. Just the same as you're taking McGlinchey, you're moving Leo Collins back to guard. With McGlinchey, he's a player who is absolutely worth it and worth it right away. Whereas Colton Miller is a guy who, you know, maybe could be worth it someday at some point, but certainly isn't worth it right now and may not be worth it at all. So uh, that's why, especially, I mean, not only is he not a great player, I, I think a player not worth. Uh, 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 you know, taking at that at that spot, but the, the, what what it means to your what it, what it means your roster is going to have to go through, uh, as well as just such an added bonus of terrible. <laughs> so that's that's I, I guess that's what makes it such a, a, a brutal pick. Yeah, you laid it out well, and I <laughs> my thing is I just don't think Colt Miller is any good. And that's kind of a problem when you're taking a first-round pick that's that's not a good player. So uh, I, I feel like this team has not done a great job of developing, developing offensive linemen. Uh, I feel like he's a guy that needs a lot of work. Um, and I just don't feel comfortable that you are going to see a high-level player out of him for you know at least three or four years down the road. Uh, our last scenario... Uh, which is one we kind of threw together right at the last minute, but is it's trading up for a non-elite player. And what do I mean by a non-elite player? Uh, I'm talking about a guy that probably should have been a top six or seven pick. Um, it, it, I don't mind Calvin Ridley at 19. I know I, I've been pretty harsh about that on Twitter, but if the Cowboys pick Calvin Ridley at 19, I get it. I understand why they're doing it because they want a guy that can that can come in right away and play. I have a big problem with them trading any more assets to go up and get Calvin Ridley. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know when we were talking about this at the end, you know, I, we were trying to figure out how to form, how to label the the, the idea of what we were discussing, and and you were using Calvin Ridley uh, uh, as the example, but but I also thought that you know, I would no, not necessarily love a scenario where. The Cowboys like traded up to you know fifteen or whatever to get Connor Williams and play him at guard. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Like to me, that 
that is also uh, not the best use of of resources. You know, I, I I'm definitely 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 not against taking a guard in the first round, but to, but I also you know there is there is like a uh, uh, a limit to that. You know, like a, 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 a like my, the I think the positional value is still such that I'm not necessarily in the same way that I mean I probably would be really really you know hesitant to trade up for for uh for for really any any guard like you know i mean even even if uh he went to notre dame and played next to mcglinchy you know like i i i think i mean unless he fell you know really close i don't know that even quentin nelson is worth it uh, so i i mean i mean i think he's worth it but i i it's, well, how far, a, it's a lot of value that's a good know? question because i I, I was kind of laying this out on Twitter yesterday. What is the most that you would trade out for Quentin Nelson, or what what spot would you be interested in at least calling? Because I think he's the best player in this draft. I don't know what you think, but, but see, I think yeah, he's the I best mean, player in this draft. Like Quentin Nelson is is by far the like. I mean, he doesn't fall into this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like because he's True, he's an elite I, player. Just, this is kind of just a yeah. This a, is a, kind of a aside, separate question. I, I would I would probably go up to twelve, man, for Quentin Nelson. I would see. I, I think I would go to 10. If, if it cost me just my second. If it's just my second, uh, maybe I would too. I, I, maybe I would. I, 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 to me, I'm an offensive line guy, so give it to me. I mean, yeah, like I just – it's it's going to be tough. I mean, it really is a diff, like a difficult conversation to have about positional value, but what it would do to your team is ridiculous. You put him well, ne- you, it, you, I th- you put him next to, a, you know, a, a – uh, another all pro and uh, i mean it's it's uh, i don't know that would be, that would be. And think about what it does to your depth of your team now because now you've got a guy that you lock in at left guard cameron fleming's now your swing tackle for sure you don't have to worry about that you can keep chaz green competing with fleming i i, I love that I, I i absolutely love that and if it costs me my second i'll do it but again um, i i'll you that's completely i'll use all my picks i'll use i'll use all my picks at the end of the draft i'll use a couple next year to move around to get what i need because i just feel like I got the best player in the draft at a position I absolutely needed, and I still have eight other picks that I can use. Yeah, I you know look, I mean again, that's why we had to to put the caveat there that it was not elite players because you know there's like there are guys like Nelson who again is the I agree best player in the draft best maybe you know the comparisons Lance Erling compared to Larry Allen and I'm not even offended man like it's legit man. it's nuts so well now you. Now, now that you guys know, we are way too far into draft season when we're talking about the Cowboys potentially getting Quentin Nelson. This is when you know the, yeah, the, draft, the draft season, season has draft jumped needs the shark. to come at this point. Yeah, it jumped the shark. That's it. Do you know where the phrase "jump the shark" came from? I'm curious if you know because I actually do. Yeah, know. I do. It's from uh, Happy Days when uh, when Fonzie actually yeah, had to jump the shark uh, over a uh, was jet ski. No, it was a, it was a skiing. Yeah, he had a little jump. He, he, like had, yeah, he was like on yeah, skis. And there were yeah, sharks. Yeah, I remember. It was, <laughs> it's a metaphor because actually the show had at that point jumped the shark, and there wasn't really a phrase for it, and. You know, it, it became to it came to become the symbol of that sort of thing. Yeah, and that's the NFL draft season. Yeah, so totally. thank you guys so much uh, for listening to all of our draft shows this year. We really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Follow Landon at McCoolBTB. You can follow the show at Cowboys, And, of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. Yeah.